0: Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to The Conversation. Hey, welcome to another
1: episode of That Don't Fit. I'm Andy Farmer, here with... uh, Jared Torrance, and we are talking about things that matter. Um, Big picture, we are walking through how to have conversations on racial issues. We have uh, looked at, so far, we've looked at uh, some theological issues Mm -hmm. that we have to consider. We've looked at our personal experiences. We're going to turn our attention for the next few weeks on to history. Um, To talk about race is to talk about history, it's to... And the danger of not having an understanding of history is to find yourself talking about things you don't really understand, <laughs> and uh, and have a and and so when when two people try to talk about things they don't understand, it doesn't typically it don't fit. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to unpack the history of racism here. We're not going to bring the definitive word. We're going to drop into some things. Yeah to kind of give you a feel for some of the historical themes that, are, that matter. Um, and so today we're going to start and we're going to talk about, actually go back to the Bible and mm-hmm. talk about race a bit historically from the Bible. In doing that, though, I want to I wanna drop into a little bit of a sidebar here uh, and talk about words, talk about terms. Yes. We use words and we think we understand what they mean and we think other people understand what they mean. Um, and we we tend to we tend to use them and then defend them without an idea of what we 're talking about or or we tend to use them as Christians and we tend to impose them on the Bible yeah. as if the bible the Bible defines this the The problem with words is most words are what we call social constructs they're 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 basically syllables and vowels that get put together, and then you load them up with meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't unpack what the meaning is, what someone understands that word means, then you're going to find that when I say this word, and you say this word, we may mean two totally different things. And so we're going to kind of drop into the idea of systemic injustice, not to try to find it in the Bible, because because you're not going to you know you're not going to be able to do a word search and find it. Right. But to talk about how we wrestle with in concepts here um, that we use now uh, from the Bible, and uh, and and to do it with a historically credible uh, approach. So, so I'm going to kind of turn it over to you, JT, and you're going to just kind of kind of walk us into this, and maybe tell us a little about your own sort of processing as you've yeah. been looking at this week.
0: Yeah. So even as you were talking, uh, a couple of things popped into my head of just <clears throat> you know you said we don't want to take these terms and things that we have and then impose them on the Bible. We, but what we actually have to do is we have to flip that. We have to yeah. look at the Bible, know the Bible, study the Bible, love the Bible, and then use that as a way to interpret the rest of the world. Like If, yeah. we're, if the Bible's not our first filter, we're gonna get everything wrong. Mm-hmm. We're, that, that's, that's where you get more shaped by the culture than the scripture. Yeah. That's where you get um, swept away by whatever morality is of the day. Uh, whatever is hip, whatever is in, whatever is trending. Uh, We don't want to be trending (laughs) alarmists. We we want to be biblically solid uh, people who are, who love the scriptures and see the world through that lens. Um, So all that being said, when we talk about uh, systemic injustices and things like that, one of the, one of the main things is, you know, people say, Oh, I don't see that. Term in the Bible, it's like, well, yeah, of course you're not going to, <laughs> because it's yeah. it's a what you just said a social construct. It's it's a word we've created to describe what we have seen, and um, we being Americans um, in, in that sense. But what you do see is is you see those ideas in scripture. Um, you you the, the scripture gives us a basis for saying like, okay, yeah, no, I can see how uh, a system created can be unjust at its core because and and what would yeah. that even be it would be you know a, uh, an unjust system is a system that has rules and laws in place or things like that uh that don't line up with the justice of god or don't line up with god's character which if you use that definition it's like oh man how could there not be injustices, injustices in our in our system so mm-hmm. I started looking at Exodus, and uh, <laughs> I feel like if I was having a conversation with uh, my homie Mo, Moses, um, <laughs> and I said, you know what, like you know, we're wrestling with the idea of uh, systemic injustices and just you know how sins kind of can run rampant, or 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 uh, systems and decrees and laws that we set up can have traces of sin within them. I think he would just look at me wide eyed and say, of course, <laughs> like of, of course that's in there. I mean, even at the start of Exodus. You know, uh, this king, this pharaoh, uh, didn't know Joseph. He, he didn't know that family. He was like, Bible, God, well, not, obviously not Bible. He's like, God, who? I don't care about him. Um, and so he had- Because de- Joseph
1: was given right, a yes. place in Egypt. Exactly. D- Joseph but was generations man. go yeah. by right. and his place was lost.
0: Which is why we got to keep the gospel in our households because right. a couple generations and it's completely gone. And right. then you get- A pharaoh in charge who does horrible, wicked things like oppressing the people of Israel. He's like, I don't like these Israelites. I don't want them to rise up and get the power. And so what does he do in his power? He decides he's like, I'm going to oppress them. I'm going to enslave them. And the the Bible talks about like how he continuously increased their, their labor, increased the hardship of them. But because God was with these people, uh, the, the more they were oppressed, the more they were able to do, the more work they're able to do. And then eventually it, uh, you know, then he's like, okay, fine. Then we're just going to kill him. He goes for a genocide. He's like, any Israelite man that is born, we are going to kill. Um, but these, but the women were, they, it, the Bible says that the women feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And so they did not do that. They, they, they let the, the sons live and go on. But, uh, but what you're seeing is, you're seeing this king, this king make these decrees to oppress uh, a certain group of people and to have things structured, to have laws created that would keep these people from rising to power. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think what's missing in a lot of the systemic injustice conversations today is that uh, if you look at, you know, flawed systems or flawed kings, like even in the book of Judges, like the entirety, the entire concept of the book of Judges is that people wanted a king, they wanted someone to rule over them, and God's like, nah, you can't do that. And then the people are like, but we want one. He's like, fine. And then chaos ensues, like it's terrible. But the, the point of Judges ultimately points to a redeemer. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we talk about systemic injustices in America, Christians ought to be the ones who are leaning hard into the redemptive aspect of it because like with like that, that, and that's, that's what happens when you interpret it through the Bible. Rather than interpret our situations culturally, because culturally it's like there's no hope; it's doom and gloom. Everybody's racist. Destroy it all. We're not going anywhere. We're not yeah. growing. But that's not how God works. Like God mm-hmm. is a God of redemption. God is a God who reconciles people to Himself. God is a God who uh, wants the church to move forward in power and to uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and to unify people. And so, uh, if we and and that's what the story of the uh, the Exodus is. It's 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 God's. God appointing a redeemer to to take these people to Moses. Moses yeah, sorry, yeah, Moses yeah. to rescue them uh, out of slavery, to take them out of the oppressor, uh, to free God's people and to worship Him. That, that like after they cross the Red Sea, it's like okay, let's get these commandments, let's get these people in line, and let's worship them. But again, ultimately, Moses points to a greater redeemer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and so uh, it, it's all it's all about Jesus, guys. Like that's that's what the biblical art is about, and so we have to interpret these things like America is not doomed to destruction for the rest of our lives. Like it's not like these systems are run so throughout that there's no way there, any redemption comes. from like redemption has been happening. Like it's not the civil rights movement. Like didn't not happen. Like there was a lot of redemption that happened there. Um, That's something I love about listening to um, older black theologians uh, talk about the state of America today Mm -hmm. because they're able to, (laughs) <laughs> they're able to take what's happening now compared to what ha- what was happening in the 50s and 60s and, and 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 all that and uh and even before then and just say man god is doing so much yes it's still hard but god is doing so much and god is really moving in a particular way yeah uh even on, on and there's a group of us in the church uh mostly ethnic minorities but there's some uh, some majority folk in there as well, and uh, something I love is just the age range of the people there. Yeah. And when I hear them, <laughs> like there's just there's just a, a different gravity in their yeah, voice yeah, yeah, when yeah. when they're talking about what's happening now, and not even like doom and gloom, but just like you know, there's a a, a hopefulness, and there's like a, a smile in their voice. I yeah. guess you could— you can. You can uh, describe it as.
1: If I can interject here, I think what yes. you're talking about is historical perspective. It,
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yes,
1: and I think that's what we're driving at. I think in the, in all these sessions, we're going to be talking about these episodes. We're going to be going to be having a historical perspective mm-hmm. on things, which doesn't mean always. You know, oh, well, it, it's much better than we think. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it should be sobering that yes. we haven't changed yes, very much. Exactly, but we, our reference point. <laughs> Is fundamentally the Bible, mm-hmm. but as we look at our culture, we have to understand our culture and its in its history, right. and uh, and even this idea of systemic uh, injustice. It's interesting if you historically there are plenty of cases where that's imposed. You know, you talked about Pharaoh with with the uh, yeah. with the Israelites. That's imposed. That's right. a government that says mm-hmm. I'm going to do this right. with these people. Yeah. Um. There are other cases where. Systemic and and are and their historic issues. There, yes. you know, the French Revolution was an imposed, uh, it was an imposed injustice system. If you look at uh, the the Russian Revolution, if you look at uh, the Chinese under Mao, those are imposed systems of injustice, yeah. um, and they proliferate throughout the world today.
0: Yes. Wait, and can I can yep. I stop you right there because I think it's so important to realize the examples you're using are not only like America. Sure. I, I think that's another because. People yeah. in America are so patriotic; they don't want to speak ill of America at all. And sometimes it can be cool to be like, "America's the worst. Destroy us. I wish we got yeah. things right." But like, yeah. worldwide, like, yeah. this is what happens. So, sorry, continue. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> and what I'm saying
1: is that there's also the kind of of systemic injustice that just develops, mm-hmm. and I think that's equally uh, it's another challenge. And I think our what we experience in, in our in our country is a place where injustice, a bit imposed, but also uh, it emerged, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about slavery, w- which was an imposed injustice. Yeah. But within that, there is also this. It just emerges because because there are people who end up with more power than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and unless that power is handled justly, it will become a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, in that sense, a system is not imposed. It just develops. Yes. It develops because. Because we control what we have it's mm-hmm. a, it's a human instinct it's a it's a perversion of of our exercising dominion, yeah um we don't just exercise you know the, the Bible calls us to exercise dominion, mm-hmm. we start exercising dominion for our own benefit, right, yeah, and again, that's crucial because it's not like okay, turn this over this is the this is the revolutionary problem. Have a revolution doesn't change hearts, yeah the new people who take control in the revolution will have the same issues they're going to consolidate power they're going to consolidate control mm-hmm. and others will not benefit from that mm-hmm. so when we're talking about systemic you know injustice we're talking about something that that you can see explicitly mm-hmm. in the bible not with that term right but also indicative because the bible speaks to all of time and all cultures mm-hmm. it reveals the heart of humankind playing out in the way it governs itself. Right. That's so. good.
0: That's good. And, and, you know, and that was the start of, of David's fall as king. Yeah. yeah. You know, he saw Bathsheba and he's like, I want that. Yeah. How can I get that? How can I use my power to get that? And uh, the, the worst, like, not the worst thing, but it was terrible because when he called uh, Uriah back he tried to have him go into his wife so that they could pretend that the yeah. child was his like yeah. and he tried and tried and tried and then when that didn't work he's like well i guess i'll just kill him yeah and it's just like how like which is it's it, which it makes you like think about that story in general of just like man like our wickedness is so deep like we we're going to go to through so many lengths to try and cover up until we're back to a corner with no other options. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing happened with Saul too. Like Saul, his fall started because he wanted to keep some things for himself. He's like, "Oh, I don't know if I can trust yeah. uh, to to just get rid of all of these things. Like, let me let me take some of these things yeah. back." Uh, and it's it's about fearing people more than fearing God. It's mm-hmm. about wanting. Wanting ways to to ensure to to make sure there's nothing that can take away your power is yeah. where these 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 things kind of start playing out in that way. Yeah,
1: and we're in the Old Testament. Yeah, know, God kind of says, and we're 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 real broad brush painting here right yeah. now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but where where God says, uh, you know, says you want a king, I'm going to let you know what a good king looks like. This is what you should have in a king, mm-hmm. and none of the kings ever attain that. Right. You know, some do briefly. David does briefly. briefly yeah. uh, Solomon does briefly. Yeah. Solomon had everything laid laid at <laughs> yes, him. He yeah. basically, God said, "I'll give you everything you want," and mm-hmm. and he does, and he blows it. Yeah, in a sense, um, and in a in a massive way at the end. Yes, and uh, you know, Hezekiah, a great story. Mm-hmm. You know, great king, but doesn't always doesn't end well. Yeah. So th- th- it's this idea that we trust our systems. Yes. Um, uh but they're going to be but sin corrupts mm-hmm. uh and uh and so we live and it's an amazing thing that's why I think you know being an american and being proud of being american i think for as as sinfully corrupting as our as our hearts are and our our tendencies are our system has while significantly uh in error in many ways, particularly in these areas we're talking about on race, mm-hmm. has been workable. It's been able to change mm-hmm. over time. It's been, and it, we're still in a process of change. Yes. We we live saying this can be fixed. The very fact, I mean, there are places in the world where it, mm, yeah. it, it, it ain't fixable. Right, right. You know, most most countries in the world, you got problems, it ain't fixable. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing it. you can do about it. You just live under it. Yeah. We We live in a country where, okay, this this can yeah. be fixed. Yeah. Now we know as <laughs> believers, it's not going to be redeemed. Right. Um, this is not a nation that's going to end up in in the new heavens and new, thir- new earth intact with flag. Yes. <laughs> 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 that's right. <laughs> but but it is an amazing thing to live in a country where you can say, okay, you know what? We have you know we have ways, and our history has shown things can change. Going back to your point about Mm -hmm. some of the folks saying, yeah, fuck you," it's changed significantly. Is it fixed? No. Do people like me um, who feel like I see sweeping change need to hear from people who say, well, actually, no, it's been incremental. Yeah. And there's been some, there's been some backsliding too. Yeah. But it's, it's the idea, you know, in our country that, and we're going to be focusing on our country and talking about history. It's changeable.
0: Yeah you know yeah it's, it's yeah it's funny cuz <clears> oh <throat> yeah all, and all those things too cuz it's like there can be this joyous like oh my goodness yeah we're killing it and then also like man there's so much that yeah. is not right like yeah. i'm one generation away from not being able to marry my wife like yeah. interracial marriage was illegal yeah not that long ago i don't remember the exact time i probably should looked it up but it was like like 50s, my, yeah. yeah 50 years ago 60 years ago something yeah. like that it just got legalized and uh like that's not that's not good (laughs) you you know what i mean yeah um but yeah the christians ought not to be hopeless um as we think about these things and they ought like i guess christians need to live in this like strange pessimistic optimistic tension Mm -hmm. because like we have to understand it's not gonna be the new heavens and the new earth yeah right now yeah but you know it 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 can trend hopeful yeah. because the gospel is powerful uh, because you know, w- there is hope and redemption and healing for all people available in Jesus Christ. And like, it, it's it's powerful enough to not just affect small individual groups of people, but to, to have large sweeping changes mm-hmm. of, and like melt and soften people's hearts. Like yeah. if uh, you know, laws changing are great, hearts changing is incredible. And when hearts change, it can lead to a desire for laws and certain things to change and a way to address, um, these, these systems in a, in a humble, in a humble way. Like, uh, you know, in the book of Exodus and, in, uh, Deuteronomy and things where where it just talks about even how to treat the sojourner, like yeah. it's all mm-hmm. rooted in the redemption that God gave to the people. He's like, you've got to love these people. You've yeah. got to treat them right. Because remember, at one time, one you time. were sojourners. So, So yeah. like, their action towards loving and caring for yeah. the sojourners that are coming in is rooted in their redemption they've received yeah. from God, of him bringing them out of Egypt. And, that, and that, I love how he ends each phrase. It's like, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt? Yeah. Follow my commands. Yeah. Um, that's, what's, that's what's tenured and, and rooted in their caring for the sojourner. He says, do not oppress them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's and always- there's
1: something deeply. It's interesting. I mean, uh, I've got to do more reading on on the experience of the, of the Native American. Mm. But but m- my awareness is is that my my ancestors who came from England, <laughs> right, Wales, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere okay, you know, yeah. not they came here freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still immigrants. Mm. Right um this is a nation of immigrants as as people say it's yeah. uh nobody was here uh who now besides the native american and uh and so so I think that gives me a sense of the fact of I need to be a I need to be humble about my rights to be here mm. you know Oof. there's an interesting thing too, I think, as believers that we We live in this crazy sort of a reality, particularly in the United States, particularly in a Western country where we can change things, where we simultaneously want to work for as much helpful change in our country as possible, whether it's through voting, Mm -hmm. whether it's through political action, whether it's through standing for values, Mm -hmm. um, standing for life. But at the same time, this isn't our final home. Right. And so one of the things we, we as Christians deal with, and I think this is one of those places, there's so many places where I feel like the the historically black church and the historically white church, yeah. if we could find more common ground, mm-hmm. the way we could marry, what do we do here in this world to make it, yeah. uh, access the common grace to make it better, and where could we better prepare, shine a light on the future? Mm. You know mm-hmm. eternity. Yeah, we and, and so I, I feel like in, in talking about this stuff, it's just so important to me to to recognize that we want to begin to take our histories, mm-hmm. you know, white history, black history, yeah. and bring them together. Yeah, you know, and and find out how they fit. Like they're like two big pieces of a puzzle that need to find a way to fit together. Yes, yeah. So we can really understand who we are. Mm-hmm. And therefore, as the church, understand Oof, our good. role yeah. in this country.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I love that actually. Yeah. Taking because it's the same church. Yeah, it's the same church. It's yeah. the same church, birthed out of very different kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you know, the American black church.
1: I love the way you say that, man. It's the same church. Yeah. That needs to be <laughs> that needs to be on my T shirt, right? It's the same church. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> just black and white it's the same church the
0: same church worshiping the same god who is worthy of praise and um the the crazy thing is is that you know the the black church has to have like you know i love that you said like learning from one another because the black church birthed out of oppression you know we weren't allowed in the white churches and so we're like well we want to celebrate the gospel and we need to gather and we need to do these things and we need to to preach and teach and make disciples and all this stuff and you know it's birthed out of oppression yeah. and so a lot of the flavor of that like the trajectory is we oh, have yeah. to look towards heaven we have to like that, and that's why the Exodus narrative is is a big big part yeah. of of oh, yeah. the history of the black church Yeah, and um, you know it's just like man like there's, there's so many correlations here there's so much hope given in these specific circumstances and and it has to be hope driven it's because it's it was birthed out of pain yeah you know yeah. uh it's not like we just walked in and was like you know what i want things to be more like me so yeah. let's start a black church it's exactly. like <laughs> it's, it's it, what happened <laughs> it's right, was yeah. it was like oh i i accidentally sat and prayed in the wrong pew in this white church yeah this is a story of richard allen i'm sure yeah. you're familiar with yeah. they dragged me out and threw me out of the church yeah so i i guess we'll start our own
1: or the the brush arbor church where how do we do church yeah. we find a place in the trees where oh, we gosh. can't be seen right and do church yeah yeah right
0: uh, and, and and what's amazing about that is the the like the vigor of people yeah. that's just like the like the gospel is so needed that i'm going to yeah. do whatever it takes to get more of it you yeah. know I, I i don't remember where i read this but it was a story of you know uh a black student who wanted to attend the seminary and just grow in his knowledge of God and grow yeah. in his teaching and preaching, and you know he his desk was outside the classroom. Yeah, uh, they they opened a window. Yeah, so that he could hear. And like I just and in my head, I'm just picturing him like in the rain, just like sitting in class. Yeah, listening, having that kind of hunger to to grow. Yeah, and being able to um, expound God's word and understand theology and different things like that. It's just like yeah i don't know I, I just i just hear things like that and it's like man the fact that the black church exists and loves the gospel and is on fire for christ and is is just a, it's an amazing thing of what the yeah. black church had to endure yeah. um i don't know things we should be forever grateful for yeah and can obviously learn from
1: <clears throat> so what you know kind of cl- closing this off uh what we're going to be talking about if things work the way we plan. Um, going to hopefully do maybe four, looking at four sessions on history. Not going to cover everything. No. Um. and we'll revisit a lot of this stuff in mm-hmm. different ways. Things we don't cover right now. But so uh, next next time we're going to talk about slavery. Yeah. Um. Because I think that we need to have, that's the that's the paradigmatic experience not mm-hmm. only from from Exodus yeah. that shapes the Black Church. It's also the the one that we both we need to reckon with most yes. to understand the nature of racism. Yeah. It's also,
0: it's also a, if, if Christians can understand the differences, yeah. it's actually a powerful apologetic tool as yeah, well, because exactly. a, lot of, a lot of people's gripes with Christianity yeah. is that it was used to justify and put, push slavery forward. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so a lot to talk about
1: there. So we'll talk about that. We're going to, we're going to hopefully do a session just on some key laws and, and how they shaped mm-hmm. things. Um, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna finish. It's whenever we finish, we're gonna finish on just you know what's a, an appreciation of the Black Church, mm. <laughs> and 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 how uh, how we should all, as as the church, see the importance of the Black Church yeah. for who we all are mm. and need to become. So that's kind of where we're gonna go with this. That's great. Um, so we're gonna and we're gonna get those T-shirts made up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same church. I see it with like like a black and
0: white split, and it's just you know you just kind of careful gap tried that. Was it, really? Yeah, well, no. with with uh, blue and red, we probably shouldn't. We probably okay. shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We'll work on the concept. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> anyway, that's what we got. And looking forward to the other sessions. Everybody take care. <laughs>